Hello, you guys. Welcome to Put Em On Game Sports Podcast, where I'm giving you the most relevant topics in sports, as well as putting you on game with life lessons as well. I have two special guests here today, two guys that I work with closely. I have Patrick Carey and Maxwell Trink. They both work at WAKY. They are both sports anchors. How are y'all doing today? Doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having us, man. Good, man. I'm enjoying the Victory Monday. Ah, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, so... Patrick Carey here. He is a Cincinnati Bengals fan, and as you know, I am from Cincinnati, Ohio, and so he always gives me a hard time every every day, always asking me, why am I always rooting against the Bengals, but I am from Cincinnati? <laughs> Just, uh, well, t- uh, talking about that, I am from Cincinnati, but I grew up a Steelers fan because my uncle and my auntie, they always used to take me to the Bengals-Steelers games all the time, and they forced me to become a Steelers fan if I if I wanted to go to the game. So I mean, that's how, that's really how it went. But uh, yeah. Well, I mean, two rings. I mean, so. But I'm not gonna say no more about that. We're not gonna talk about the past. Uh, We're gonna just receipts from last night. I got plenty of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. He uh, Pastor Kerry. He uh, he sent his Bengals dudes on me. And, <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple of replies off of my tweets when I said we own them and ended up getting plenty of replies on that. But uh, we're going to talk about the Bengals to the game. Bengals, unfortunately, won the game 37 to nothing in Pittsburgh. 37 to 30. Oh, 37 to 30. Yeah. All right. Well, Patrick, uh, your insight on the game on that? Uh, Yeah, I think... um... Everybody that was saying, you know, Joe Burrow is made by Jamar Chase and all that are real silent today when Joe Mixon goes down in the second half, Jamar Chase was inactive, and Joe Burrow still puts up 37 points, 355 yards passing, four touchdowns, one to Trenton Irwin, who's been on the practice squad for the Bengals for about 15 years. So uh, anybody that has anything to say about Joe Burrow now is real quiet because he took the team in cold weather in Pittsburgh, which is never easy to play, no matter how good or bad the Steelers are, um, went down the field and, and Score game winning touchdown, which was huge. Yeah, that Trent Irwin guy, I was like, who is this guy? He just came out of nowhere. I swear I've never seen this guy before in my life. Somebody on Twitter said he looks like a guy that uh that does uh he plays for Nickelback. Well yeah, he, he plays for Nickelback and also scored the game winning touchdown on y'all, so that's tough. But um <laughs> He's a rock star. He's a rock star for sure. Yeah, no, he's been on the practice squad for years. He's always kind of just been in the shadows. I mean, the Bengals have always had fantastic receiving core. Um, and he kind of waited for his number to be called. He played a lot in preseason games. He does some special team stuff when he's called up. But he had a big role yesterday as wide receiver three almost, and uh, uh, he capitalized on it. Yes, he did. He did for sure. Um, yeah, pretty disappointing. J- Jermaine Pratt, after the game, he talked about how the play calling was pretty predictable from the Steelers offense. And I have to say, the same. it's been the same old song for the past three or four years ever since Matt Cannon has been the offense coordinator for the Steelers we've only scored 30 points twice I mean three times and we're 0-3 in all of those games that we have scored 30 plus points that doesn't sound much of an offensive issue as it does a defensive issue um you know the Bengals offensive line has always been the easiest thing to harp on but they played really well yesterday you know Cam Hayward got down a little bit uh, into Joe Burrow's face once or twice against our rookie Cordell Wilson at the left guard position. But other than that, there was really not a ton of pressure that was caused on Joe Burrow. You know, Lyle Collins actually had a really solid game. 
uh, against TJ Watt. You know, TJ Watt came back. He only had three pressures. He was credited for yesterday. No sacks. He did have that batted pick, which is, I feel like he does that every single time he plays the Bengals. So I'm not really worried about that as much, but uh, I think, I think the biggest takeaway yesterday overall was, you know, the offensive line held up really well, gave Burrow time to let his receivers get down the field and, and finish their routes out, which was was the biggest thing. But going back to, you know, the Steelers offense, you know, the Bengals are never the best um, defensively in the first half. We went a room where defensive coordinator is really uh, known for his second half adjustments. And you could tell, you know, they forced three, three and outs immediately in the second half. Um, and when Luana Rumo is cooking with those second half adjustments, that defense is really, really hard to move the ball on. So it's no disrespect, you know, Kenny Pickett played really well yesterday. Uh, I was very impressed. Um, I, I grab on him all the time to Jaden, but I give respect and respects due. He played well. Uh, George Pickens played really well, except for the dirty shot on Tyler Boyd, but I expect nothing less. Um, other, I mean, yeah, I mean, no disrespect to Matt Canada. He, he had a really good first half, but you, you got to understand when you play the Bengals defense these times, you know, these games that, you can't come out and do the same exact thing in the second half because second half adjustments are crucial for Cincinnati. I mean, I got I check I got to check the stats on the second half defense for the Bengals. I, they they look like they're the best defense in the second half like every single time. Like yep. I haven't seen them really like have any shaky uh, bad starts or endings in the second half for the Cincinnati Bengals. They've been looking really good. There's they always have slow starts, but they always come back in the second half and uh, give give teams a scare. Cardiac cats. They give they give Joe Burrow chances to go score touchdowns, and Joe Burrow's obviously going to capitalize when he's given those opportunities. Yeah, he's he has been really well, even without having uh, Jamar Chase and without having Joe Mixon in the second half. Uh, very impressive from Joe Burrow. He had a masterclass performance once again on the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been, uh, yeah, he's been. He's had over 300 yards. I'm pretty sure every single time. Yeah, the only issue is Joe Burrow needs to stop, you know, staring down receivers. Maybe a pump fake once or twice. I think there was like five or six batted passes yesterday. Both both of his interceptions were off the same exact thing, um, and it was a lot. It was the same thing week one against the against the Steelers. Other than his pick six, his other ones were all batted passes that just fell unfortunately. And uh, you know, of, of course, it's going to go down as an interception in the stat book. But if you look at it, you know. I, I hate to count it interceptions, but I understand that it is. So Joe Burrow can kind of pump fake and, you know, catch the Steelers defense lacking next time where because they, they are always jumping up and trying to bat his passes down. If he can start pump faking on the Steelers, they're, they're in trouble. All right. And um, talk, uh, talking about the other games, um, there's a, quite a shellacking between yeah. the Minnesota Vikings and it, the it Dallas was, Cowboys. It was so bad that they changed the channel on <laughs> um, that they put on the Pittsburgh Cincinnati game, your guys' game, and, and you guys that that contest was fantastic. Just watching it, uh, seeing see the way that the Bengals were able to take care of business in that second half. Uh, it was a competitive ball game. It was a great atmosphere. Uh, while you know Pittsburgh fans can be rowdy, uh, they they do bring it when it comes down to uh, you know their their game days and. and it was really cool to see that. What wasn't cool was only a, only scoring three points. I'm a huge Minnesota Vikings fan, and um, going into this week, week one, uh, Darius Smith goes in. He's like, I'm feeling nine and one this week, and I'm like, this is not confidence we should be having right now. Every single game is, you know, very important. Uh, that game was way more important for the Cowboys than it was for the Vikings, but you can't be losing by 37. That's the bottom line. Yeah, that was that was pretty. Uh... That was pretty pitiful performance. I was expecting better from the nobody. Vikings. Nobody was expecting that. Listen, the Cowboys definitely. Listen, this is the biggest thing about the Cowboys this season. 
when they're physical, they are out physical any team in the NFL. They did the same thing to the Bengals week two. They've done the same thing to numerous teams that they've played this season. When they get aggressive on defense and when that pass rush is getting to the quarterback, there is no team in the NFL that can score on them consistently. And unfortunately, the Bengals had to deal with that week two. And, you know, Kirk Cousins yesterday uh, was absolutely destroyed by by that pass rush. Michael Parsons is the best defensive player in the NFL, and I'm not here for anything else other than that. Um, but here's the biggest thing from that Vikings game that I took away is when I was watching it, bits and pieces of it, obviously like during Bengals commercial breaks, um, when the pass rush is so aggressive, you cannot run play action passes. There was no running game established in that game. Dalvin Cook was getting clamped. Only at 70 yards. And, and a defense isn't gonna fall for that, for the play action. And when you do a play action, when there's no running game, that just gives them more time to get to you because you're, you know, that delay of you pretending to hand it off and then taking it back and trying to look up. By the time that that whole thing comes together, the, the, the defense is there. And that happened three or four times yesterday. So I, I do blame play calling on that. If I was the, if I was the offensive coordinator there, I would have put Kirk Cousins in shotgun. I would have put Dalvin Smith right beside <laughs> WKU, uh, Dalvin Cook. I would put him right beside him for blitz pickup. And other than that, I would have tried to let Kirk Cousins cook from, from shotgun and, and kill these play actions because it was ridiculous. Uh, I'm in 100% agreement with Patrick. It's just the bottom line is it just wasn't was a good game. And honestly, this is the first year as, as that Kevin O'Connell is the head coach. I know that he does a lot when it comes to play calling. Great offensive mind for the Rams. Um, but... Um, I'm not saying that it was needed. Nobody needs to lose by 37s, bottom line. It just was more of a wake-up call game. Um, I would say, in my opinion, for the Vikings, that confident very, very quickly after beating the Bills. When, honestly, we shouldn't have beat the Bills. Uh, it was a very, very close game. The Bills sort of beat themselves. Um, that was, I'll say that was the game of the year. Rapid, yeah, it was. Rapid, it was fantastic. Rapid, 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 the Bengals in uh, Silas' week one game. I'll say that those two were probably two of the best games of the year. I think the Cowboys are proving that they can Honestly, make a run at this division. That was your game of the year. Yeah, that was your Super Bowl. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was definitely my Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, I think that the Cowboys can prove that they're going to win the division. But the Vikings are going to win their division. They have one of the easiest second half schedules in all the NFL. Next week, like this, we week up by the Patriots and the Jets. Two tougher games than you would think. But besides that, they play Detroit, they play Indianapolis, the Giants, Packers, Bears. I think that they got them in the bag. But it just comes down to the playoffs. And if Kirk Cousins is the answer to the playoffs, then I honestly don't think so. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not really too convinced on the Cowboys, to be honest with you still. It seems like it's always the same tune with the Cowboys. You know, they always, you know, they have a you know, rough start a little bit. And then they, you know, pick it back up. They do well. They look like they're going to be Super Bowl favorites. They look like they could win it all. That's what it always happens. And then what happens in the playoffs, they end up choking their wild card in the divisional round. Um, but we'll see how that goes later on down the line. It's going to come down to that Eagles game that they're going to play against each other. And that's another team I'm not too sure mm-hmm. of either. They had a close, they had a tight one with the Colts. Uh, Colts are, I mean, they're not slouches, but they're not, I don't consider them elite as well. Um, it, was a, it was a close one. It was, um, uh, I think Jalen Hurts, he's one of the better quarterbacks, but I feel like if you make them try to pass the ball, don't, don't let them establish a run game, you can stop the Eagles for sure. After you saw with the Redskins, I mean the Commanders, mm-hmm. Commanders versus the Eagles game last week, that was a. Uh, but the NFC East, they look like they're uh, one of the better divisions in this year. They five teams over five. I mean, but all the teams are over five hundred. Yeah, I'm not sold on the Eagles at all. I've said that since day one. Uh, I mean, just look at who they played. 
Um, they barely squeaked out of Indianapolis with a win, and they're lucky that they did. Uh, Indianapolis should have won that game. They had numerous opportunities, but that game away and in self-inflicted wounds for the Colts is what ruined that opportunity for them. And I don't give credit to the Eagles for that because they should have won that game by two or three touchdowns, and they got absolutely shut down offensively. When you contain Jalen Hurts, that offense comes to a standstill, and I think that's what the Colts did really well, and I think that's what the Commanders did really well. Um, and again, I'm not sold on the Eagles yet. They have not done anything to me this season that has impressed me other than win the games that they're scheduled to win because who they've played. Look at the teams that they've competed against. And the teams that they've lost to, aka the commanders, you know, they have Taylor Heineke, they're you know, this primary starting quarterback wasn't even playing. Um, so I, I'm just I'm not convinced on the Eagles and I'm not convinced on the NFC East either. No, hundred percent. I'm in hundred percent agree with Patrick when it comes to the NFC East, especially. You're putting some teams that are honestly put them in other divisions, then they're not going to have as great of a record. They're shot. just they're just beating up on each other. That's the bottom line. They're they're just beating up on each other. And uh, speaking of disappointing, uh, that was the uh, Jets and Patriots game. That was pretty disappointing as well. Mm-hmm. That was the uh, who would have thought that the game would have came down to a pump return? A defensive slugfest. More like an offensive nightmare. Yeah. Um, Zach Wilson is not that guy, pal. Trust me, he's not that guy. Oh yeah, trust me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know about. I don't know about that guy, man. He's he had. I saw a clip on Twitter where he had Denzel Mims wide open in the end zone for a touchdown, and he decided to run instead. And I was just like, that could have been game right there for y'all. Yeah, I was. Uh, I wasn't really paying attention to that game as much as I was the uh, Bills Browns game in the noon slot, but. Um, three to three, and then you went off a punt return. I mean, that's just that's that's awful. But it's a divisional game for them, so I, I understand that you know it was a slugfest. Um, I do think that I, I like Robert Sala a lot, and I really like what he's doing with the Jets. I think that they have their defensive rookie of the year um, on that team, and I think that he could potentially be a defensive player of the year in the next few years. I think the pieces that they have are really good there. They have good uh, uh, D line. They have good linebackers. They have a great secondary. Uh, they have good offensive weapons. They just they, if they're they're lacking a quarterback. If they can get a good quarterback, uh, I'd be very nervous to, to play the Jets. It's kind of funny because the Jets and the Giants are sort of the same team. They have all the pieces together. They're just both a quarterback away. I swear they are it's just just one quarterback. That's all. They don't even need like somebody that can you know game. They just need somebody that can just game manage. Just like just at the slightest. Just mm-hmm. at the slightest. I think Daniel Jones does a better job of that. Daniel Jones. Yeah, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Because I feel like with him. He can give you more of a running threat than Zach Wilson can. Of course. And, and so he's a little bit of a better arm. But Saquon Buckley also helps with that as well. <laughs> Saquon Barkley got clamped yesterday. Yeah, he did. 22 rushing yards against the, the, uh, yeah, the Detroit he disappointed Lions. Me. I just needed one touchdown from him. I'll bet with a hit. Charles, the same thing. Oh, Charles against the Bills. 19 rushing yards on the day. 19. Speaking of rushing, Nick Chubb got clamped against the Bills too as well. Like that, that was disappointing as well. I needed a touchdown from him too. Yeah, I know. Same. Oh my gosh, disappointing. Just disappointing week for the running backs this week. Yeah, uh, except for the King. You know, the King oh, does yeah. what the King does. Yeah, but that's, um, that's Thursday night football. You know, he had a bad game and he still rushed for ninety yards. I mean, and he threw a touchdown. He has more touchdown pass. He doesn't anymore, but he did. <laughs> he figured out that good ball. Yeah, that was, that was really good. Uh, I would say Josh Jacobs had a fantastic year, too, and he had a good game yesterday. I feel like it's been a good year for running backs, but at the same time, with running backs, they are e- it's easy to find a good running back. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers, I'm not going to lie, I love Najee Harris. He's really he's a really good running back. But 
running backs are not worth a first round pick, no matter how good they are. Because when it comes down to it, you're only as good as your offensive line. Do you think Derrick Henry was should have been a first round pick? Now that now that now that's now Derrick Henry, he he's I feel like he's an exception though. Saquon Barkley's pretty good. Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, those uh, guys are McCaffrey. Yeah, I think that you're, what you're trying to say, James, is the gamble of using your first round pick because Saquon Barkley has not stayed healthy. Christian McCaffrey has not stayed healthy. Derrick Henry did wasn't that good until like you know his third or fourth season. He wasn't at, well, as good as he is now. Say that's elite. The Titans yeah, I mean, were about to give up on him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it takes time, especially at the running back position. You know, that's the in my opinion, that's the most brutal position to play in football because you're you're getting hit every single play. Uh, but yeah, I, I do agree. I think first round picks can be a big gamble on running backs. But I think with the way that air raid offenses have kind of come together in the NFL has made running backs that more important. And I hate to sound biased, but Joe Mixon's a great example of a running back that not only will get you yardage with the rushing game, but he's also a threat in the passing game. And I think that's kind of what the running back position is coming to. If your primary running back is not that guy, that's why they have two running backs nowadays that run really well. Because, for example, with the Titans, you know, Derrick Henry's your first and second down running back. But on third down, Hilliard's in the backfield because he's more of a threat in the passing game. And I think that's what the running game is starting to come to is can these guys not only contribute running the football, but can they contribute passing the football as well? Or catching the ball. I agree with that as well. And we're going to talk about teams that have disappointed us so far. Um, who, who is a team that has disappointed y'all so far? Green Bay Packers. I mean, they've been very, very happy for me. That's not a surprising team to me. I I think for, I I mean, I think the easy answer is the Denver Broncos, but I'm going to go with the the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, you know what? There's another team for conversation reasons. Uh, You know, the Las Vegas Raiders, they make it to the playoffs last year. Thank you for the playoff win. Shout out to Vegas for that. Um, But you know, the, all, most if not all their pieces come back. They add some big key pieces, aka Devontae Adams, and and you know they get a new head coach and Josh McDaniels. And how they've only won three or four games this season is beyond me. And the games that they have lost have either just been you know self-inflicted wounds, like that Jaguars game where they were up twenty to seven and then they lose. Um, I, my my most disappointing team, no doubt, is, is the Raiders, and I keep thinking they're going to get it together, but it's almost feeling like it's becoming too late. Every I don't. Time they take a step forward, yeah, they take two steps. Exactly. Back. I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs, no doubt. I I'd be worried if I was Josh McDaniels because this was a massively massively disappointing. Yeah, Absolutely. Like, it's, it's just that NFC West. Man. Honestly, besides the Kansas City Chiefs, and Chiefs have been, you know, themselves what they have been in the past. Um, I think the most disappointing team either I mentioned the Packers, that Packers, but you guys said it was obvious. And it is. Uh, but I will definitely mention the Chargers and the Cardinals. Well, two I, I, I can't I can't say the Chargers because they've had so many injuries Chargers on the ball. So I can't really I like they're at a brutal five and five position. Um, do I think Justin Herbert is a tad bit overrated? Absolutely. But do I think that the Chargers are a disappointment? To, no, I, I don't think anybody expected the Chargers to make more. Play. More or less, it comes back to just from last year as well. You know, just just the past two years have not been what they're supposed to, in my opinion. It's just personally me. I think the Arizona Cardinals are more of a disappointment than the, than the Los Angeles Chargers. They had all those pieces. While there's a lot of injuries, you bring back D Hop, and while everybody was healthy, they still weren't performing. The Seahawks are a fantastic team. I'm very excited to watch them, uh, and, and and they've really executed well without Russell Wilson. 
but with the pieces that Arizona has, both offensively and defensively, they should really be running it with the way the Chargers have been playing. That's my opinion. I think one more team that's been disappointed um, that makes me smile at least is the LA Rams. You know, they're what they're <laughs> three and seven, three and eight, something like that. Um, well, they gave up a lot they of won, pieces. They yeah. won the Rig Super Bowl last year. I give them credit on that. Oh, here um, we go. <laughs> the worst ghosting holding call I've ever seen in the history of football, but that's a separate issue. Um, it's very nice to see the team that won the Rig Super Bowl that was rigged, the Rig Super Bowl. Um, struggle this season you know they bring back Aaron Donald they bring back Matthew Stafford uh Cam Akers is back and healthy again you know they have Allen Robinson they got all these pieces to still be successful and anybody that's making excuses for the Rams it's ridiculous because they're just a bad football team uh they stacked all their pieces for last season to go win that Super Bowl they shouldn't have won the Super Bowl I could go on and on about that but that's a separate issue but a team that's definitely pinned uh a massive disappointment is the LA Rams with that Super Bowl hangover. It's very similar to 2019. You know, they go to the Super Bowl and then they just can't put something together next year. This is legitimately the same exact scenario that when they went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots, they, they lost the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Uh, that was probably the worst Super Bowl ever. But, you know, they just keep on doing the same thing. They, they have a great run, they make it all the way, and then the next year they don't even make the playoffs and they're probably not going to make the playoffs this year. Alright, uh, what's the team that has surprised you so far positively? Well, I think you already hit on it first. I think everybody's easy answer on that one is the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, yes. Yeah, and, and Geno Smith is my comeback player of the year right now. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Seahawks, man, Pete Carroll's doing a great job with them. And Kenneth Walker. Yeah, Kenneth Walker. Yeah, he's been an absolute stud. And, you know, DK Metcalf does what he does. Tyler Lockett does what he does. And, you know, that defense is always it's always consistent, and I think that's the coolest thing about the Seahawks is, you know, even when they have these names that you've never even heard of, they still compete defensively. And, um, I really like what the Seahawks are doing. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Pete Carroll and uh, Geno Smith, man. You know, Shout out Geno Smith. They did a really good job drafting this year. They did. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of gyms, a lot of yeah. and Kenneth Walker, two people. Very great, very great draft picks this year for the Seahawks. Um, I'd say them, and then I also have to say the Minnesota Vikings, they have yeah. surprised me as well, even though they did have a disappointing loss this week, but two's not too shabby. But yeah, two's not too shabby. I still I still have hope for them. They can they're still I feel like they are still favorites this year. They have everything that they need to do to make it all the way. Well we'll see, we'll see. But Kirk Cousins, he has to show more. He has to clutch up. He has to. I, I don't know if he will. He has not in the past. I mean very, very sparse moments. In the big moments, he had. He's, he has never shined in primetime games. He has never shined in primetime and when those, And when those big lights show up in January, we'll see. We'll see how. We'll see what happens. Um, I will say one team that I think that really needs to be mentioned is Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, leading their division uh, with a new head coach of Mike McDaniels. Done a phenomenal job. Tua goes out for a couple of weeks. He comes back. Tua's just been. You know, using his system to his advantage. I'm not necessarily saying that it's him that he's the one. He helps that team. He's, he's a better quarterback than than Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, but I think Mike McDaniel's honestly should be up there for Coach of the Year. He's done a fantastic job with this team, uh, and adding Tyreek Hill has just made a yeah, world of J- difference. Yeah, having Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill as your every most has been well. You know, he's been he's been doing really well. And Mike Zeki has. Uh, He's been a good tight end for them as well. He can't gritty, but he, he's yeah. Bad. He can't gritty, but he he can 
get sure catch passes in the uh, in the red zone for sure. Uh, I think my last team that I'm gonna give a shout out to for most you know uh, positive is uh, and, and this is this is obviously recency bias. You know this might not be the same at the end of the season, but where we are right now going into week twelve, right? Yes, I think that's week twelve. Um, I'm gonna go the Washington Commanders. Yes, yes, um, they started the season one and four. You know, Carson Wentz goes down with injury. You know, they get rid of William Jackson, who they just signed a big deal with, who was never good in the first place, but that's a separate conversation. Um, you know, <laughs> Scary Terry, you know, Antonio Gibson, they got so many. They, they have got, a really good They have a really, really Robinson good roster. Came Robinson, back really Robinson, good. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm a big Ron Rivera fan. I always have been. You know, he's not going to be the coach that's going to get all the glory. He's not going to be the coach that's going to go, you know, 15 and two or whatever in the regular season, but he's going to win the dirty games that he needs to win. And and that's what I like about the commanders. If there's a gritty team that I like the most, it's the commanders. Now they're six and five. They, they end the undefeated streak of, of the Eagles. They go to the Texans and handle business. They don't let that high of that one over the Eagles get into their heads. They go to, to Houston and handle business. Um, I like their defense. Defense is really young. There's a team that I'm really impressed with right now. It's definitely the Washington yeah, Commanders. They definitely have a bright future. It's interesting to see what, what they're going to do with Taylor Heineke. Yeah. To, uh, so we're gonna talk about who has been, we all think has been the best quarterback this year so far. I mean, uh, it's that's it's. I know it's really tough, but I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I'm not gonna lie. If we're keeping, if we're keeping it, if we're keeping it a hundred, I'm keeping it a hundred. No bias. We're gonna have to say Joe Burrow. No, not Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's been good. Joe Burrow without solid. Shit, Joe Burrow's number two. I, I hate to say it, it pains me to say this, but Patrick Mahomes is number one. Uh, you know, they lose Tyreek Hill. Um, even with all the injuries they had last night, I, I mean, who, there were some of these dudes on the, on the on the Chiefs last night that people probably don't even know who they are that were catching passes last night. And, you know, and it's a huge, also, it's the, it's the biggest shout out to Andy Reid, but Patrick Mahomes is the one that has to go out there and execute. And I give credit where credit's due. Um, I bash Patrick Mahomes a lot because, you know, he didn't go into a tough system. You know, he went into a playoff winning team. He went in with one of the best O lines and some of the greatest uh, offensive pieces of all time in Tyreek Hill and uh, in Travis Kelsey. But um, he's still doing what he does. They're eight and two right now. And he's definitely, is definitely the best quarterback in the NFL right now. But number two, I put Joe Burrow. Yeah, 100% agree with, with one and two. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback right now at the moment. He's the MVP in the league right now uh, at the moment. He's done so well with that system. He's the anti-Rodgers. That's what I have put it. He, both of them dealt with so many pieces going away. Uh, they have good tight ends. I mean, Travis Kelsey is so significantly better than Robert Tanya, but still a familiar face in that system. Uh, but it just seems like the pieces that the Chiefs and the, Rod- and the Packers have and Rodgers and Mahomes, he Mahomes has done better with those pieces. Um, and what I will also say is another guy that should just definitely be mentioned is Geno Smith. You yeah. know, he's been playing. Um, Geno really moving. deserves to be in the loop for a top five quarterback spot right now because he is he, he's proven over time that he, you know, can really do it. He can really do it. Well, I mean, he, that Germany game was brutal for him. So mm-hmm. I think he slipped out of my top five after that game just just based off week-to-week basis, but I do agree. I think Geno Smith's put the Seahawks in a good position to, to be successful, but the question is, can Geno Smith sustain it? That's, That's the thing. How much gas does he have in the tank? And, you know, the last few weeks, he hasn't played his best football, so I'll be interested to see how he bounced back uh, this week after, I think this was their bye week, but um, 
It was Tyler Lockwood uh, sitting on my bench. I hated it. And I'm sure people who are going to listen to this are probably, you know, in disarray that we haven't brought up Josh Allen's name. And Josh Allen is top three for me. I think Joe Burrow and Josh Allen can be moved around based off what you believe. But Joe Burrow is going to go win you a football game. And, you know, Josh Allen, the last few weeks, you know, that Minnesota game in particular really, really ruffled my feathers uh, for him being the best quarterback in the NFL because when the game's on the line, he struggles to go win that football game for you. Yes. I mean, yeah. No, no. I mean, unacceptable, even if you're on the one yard line, like, you, you got to get it out of that. You got to get out of that red zone. Now, number one in the NFL in the interceptions, Davis Mills, number two is Josh Allen with 10. He has 10 interceptions in the year already. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we're gonna talk about favorites uh, for your for some awards. I uh, I feel like MVP. Who should that go to? To y'all? As of right now, it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it, it, I wish that the NFL was in a quarterback only MVP list, but this is, year it's Patrick. Mahomes. It is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, I I, I there there's no argument against Patrick Mahomes. Right now. Uh, okay, and offense player of the year. Uh, I'm gonna go with Tyreek Hill. Uh, it's done a lot of you know with that team has really put the Dolphins in that first place spot too has done a solid job as a system quarterback but if it wasn't for Tyreek Hill that offense wouldn't be executed the way that it is um, I, I agree I, I can I can take some Tyreek Hill uh, I say D4 I have to say Mike Pardons yeah absolutely 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 that dude's a freight train offense of the year I'd say Kenneth Walker Kenneth Walker and D-Roy Sauce. Sauce Gardner. Not sauce. And, but Tariq Wall is not, it's not too far behind. I agree. What do y'all say is the comeback player of the year for you guys? Uh, comeback. I, would you consider Geno Smith a comeback player? Absolutely. I'd just say him. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah, Geno Smith. I didn't know if it would be come out, come, come back or break out. I, I don't really know what the difference the would be. Yeah. I, I think he would be a comeback player, though. It would be Geno for me. Who's your other guy? I thought you were going to say somebody else. I mean, Saquon. Yeah, Saquon could. He's awesome. He's a, he could also get it. That 22-yard performance against the Lions is going to hurt him now. It yeah. is. Uh, but I, I do think but Saquon. But Gino had a disappointing week as well. Had one disappointing week, so. I agree. I mean, kind of balanced. It'll, It'll be interesting. He wasn't really flashed enough for me to I 100% to agree. Um, I'm just saying. I'm just trying to throw out a name. Coach of the year? Uh, Nick Serrani, I had to say. He's, I mean, Mike McDaniel's. If if the Dolphins win their division, it's Mike McDaniel's. Yeah. It's it's between those two. I mean, I feel like when it comes to coaching year, they always give it to the guy that usually has the best record. I mean, it's not. I mean, me personally. Yeah, coach year is also. Kevin, or yeah, I was gonna say Kevin O'Connell, but uh, coach of the year too. Something that bugs me about that is it's only regular season based, which I think is dumb. Um, I think Zach Taylor should have won coach of the year last year, taking the Bengals to the Super Bowl. But you know they gave it to Mike Vrabel because they were the number one seed in the regular season. But that's, that's a, why that's, that's a separate why think, vintage that's why issue. I think he's going to win it. Me personally, I wouldn't vote for Nick Ryan. But I, I think Kevin O'Connell has done an incredible job in his first mm-hmm. season with the with the Vikings. I don't think anybody expected the Vikings to be as good as they are, and um, he's really the thing that's impressed me most with Kevin O'Connell is he's put Kirk Cousins in the positions. To be successful when you don't have a top tier guy at quarterback, it can be really hard to scheme correctly offensively. And I think that he's done that. And I think that's why I have the most respect for him right now. The only reason why I would see Kevin O'Connell not winning it, and this is as a Vikings fan, is that the pieces were already in place for him. 
He had Cedarius Smith. He had Justin Jefferson. He had Adam Thielen. He had Dalvin Cook. So did Zimmer last year, though. Yeah, and, and they Denver couldn't execute. Exactly. Kevin O'Connell can. Denver was a defensive-minded head coach, and that's where it really hurt them. They had no offense coordinator. Kevin O'Connell's really just done a phenomenal job in that system, in that with that team. Um, but I feel like Dolphins were more of starting from scratch. And like, you know, Vrabel probably deserves it more for this year than he did last year, in my opinion. Mike Vrabel has way less pieces uh, and has done more with the pieces that he's had this year. No, I agree 100%, but I also think the Eagles, if the Eagles can sustain it, I think he'll win it. Um, there, there's a lot of good coaches, and right now it's a little too early to tell, so let's have this conversation closer to, yes. yeah. to the season coming to an end. All right, and um, all right, um, so who do you guys think is going to win it all? I mean, it's kind of too far down the line. Even though it, we're more than halfway through the season, we kind of have a feel for who's like who's legit and who's not, to be honest with you, but it's kind of tough. I feel like it's an AFC team, though. It's an AFC team that's going to win it this year. The NFC, um, they don't look as strong. Where's the Super Bowl this year? Arizona. Arizona. It's Arizona again. Uh, that's tough. It, I, because the AFC is so jam-packed right now, right in that middle of the wild card area, that I, there's no guarantee who's making it as of right now. Once I have that final set of playoff teams for the AFC, I think I'll be able to make a better decision. We'll but buy, we'll, we'll, make, we'll, uh, we'll have another episode with yeah. you guys, uh, probably around January, so that way yeah. it'll be easier. Because the AFC is so stacked right there with the six and four, five and five teams that it's just so tight right now. I don't know. I mean, the NFC is a joke other than like a few teams. So. You never know. It's it's all about who's who's high. I agree. When it, shoot the <laughs> commanders commit the Super Bowl. Now here's what I will say. And I think that all of us would agree on this just based off how bad the NFC is. Tom Brady could be in the Super Bowl again this year. That's that's uh, that's not crazy to say. That's it's not, crazy it's, to it's say not a crazy thing to say. The Buccaneers got their got their win. They you know one of their big wins gets you know for the Rams a couple weeks ago, um, and so. I don't know. I, I think that if you put them in a playoff matchup and hypothetically just say the Eagles win their division and they could be the Eagles potentially. You don't you don't know. One, Tom Brady as your quarterback, you never know what's going to happen with the Buccaneers. They could make a huge run in the playoffs. You never one, know. One thing that I would never do is cut off Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah, I had seven rings for a reason. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. There's another team I wouldn't count out either in the NFC. And that's the San Francisco 49ers. I was just about uh, to. always. No lie. They're always right there. And they, they, got, know, the they got Christian McCaffrey now. They have a healthy Debo Samuel. They got Brandon Ayuk, who's finally healthy consistently right now. You know, Jimmy G, everybody hates on Jimmy G, but he is the best game manager, in my opinion. He knows how to just manage a game, get the ball down the field for them, hold the ball long enough that they need to on offense for that defense to get rested up. And 49ers defense is really good they're always really good so when it comes to playoff time i would not count on the 49ers uh, either i would definitely not either um, yeah they're they are also a team that look up for they have a i'm not gonna lie that that trio of george kittle christian mccaffrey and debo samuel like that's three guys that are like multi-tooled guys i agree it's just skilled all around you could do a whole lot of things with that offense with debo McCaffrey and George Kittle. I wouldn't be surprised if you see, you know, 
two back. I mean, Christian McCaffrey and Debo out there, mm -hmm. Wildcat. I mean, that's I mean a lot. That's there's a lot you can do think, with that. I don't think you really think you can really do anything with that if you have Debo at quarterback and McCaffrey and running back. That's that'd be nasty. That's nasty. Yeah, there's I always think about done. right now. The way the playoffs stand would be Vikings, San Francisco 49ers in the first round of the playoffs, which that scares be, me as a Vikings fan. That would be very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would not want to play the 49ers in the anyway, first round. Um, the Bengals. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw them again. Nope, I wouldn't be surprised either. I've told everybody that the, the, the Bengals are not going to win the division this year. The Ravens have hungered it down by squeaking by teams like the Carolina Panthers like they did yesterday. <laughs> um, but don't let Joe Burrow get a wild card spot because there's one there's one quarterback, and I hate to sound biased, I know people are going to roll their eyes when I say this, but there's one quarterback that I would not want to play in primetime football, and that's Joe Burrow. 100%. And, you know, if the Cincinnati Bengals can squeak into those playoffs, they're in the playoffs right now technically. They're the sixth seed after winning yesterday. Um, and the Chargers are losing. So I – would love for the Bengals to make the playoffs again because they don't need to play in, in Paul Brown, excuse me, Paycor Stadium. Um, <laughs> so they don't need to play in there to win playoff games, which you all saw last year. So, and Jamar Chase is going to be healthy again. You know, he hasn't played in three or four weeks. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I know it's so obvious. Yeah, it's so obvious. You know, people like to always say it's oh, people like to. I feel like it's mostly because like Cincinnati, the way you know, a lot of not a lot of people like to pay attention to the Bengals. I I don't know why. But they it's a small like, market team. I get that. I mean, they always like to talk about the Bills or the, or the Chiefs. You know, they like to say that, that they're the favorites. But I feel like those two will meet up in the playoffs and, you know, they're going to meet up on each other. And then the Bengals, I feel like, I, I don't know why, I feel like it's going to be the same thing as last year. It's going to be the Bills and the Chiefs face off and then the Titans and the Bengals face off sometime. And, and then the, the Dolphins and the Ravens, you know, they'll face off. It just seems like it's that's, that's how it's going to be. Can, can, can we just, for a quick second, talk about how there's three NFC East and three AFC East teams there in the playoffs right now? Yeah, that'll change, but yeah, that, that's just insane that we're at this point. The Jet, I, I have a so, feeling. I'm pretty the sure the AFC North was like that last year at one point too. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't think I don't think the Jets will make it. I think the Jets are going to fall apart soon. I think that's the same conversation that can be had about Geno Smith. Is how much gas do they have in the tank? But because at the end of the season. You're going to rely on your quarterback, and Zach Wilson is not going to get you to the playoffs. If they're taken out, who's going to go back in? The Chargers? I think the Chargers have a chance, or... It's not really... I mean, the Tino's behind. Right now, the Jets are not in the playoffs. It's the Patriots. Yeah, I was going to say the Patriots. Oh, yeah, the Patriots could. Mac Jones, he's the game manager. So... It's just all going to come down to, to the end of the season. There's, you know, the Bengals have the toughest schedule uh, the rest of the way, so I'm interested to see what they do, but... Um, it's going to be coming down to the wire, and that's what I love about the NFL. NFL, it's nothing like it. See, the Bills can actually get a division win. Uh, yeah. You guys, both of you guys, you guys are sports reporters, sports anchors. You guys are into your, this is going to be is your second year yep. into mm -hmm. doing sports anchoring. And, um, you know, you guys, I, I watch y'all. Y'all, it's a it's a very demanding job. It's, it's not something that is for the week. You guys are working almost every day. It's like a dang near 24 hours on the clock type of job because sports is, you know, it don't stop. News doesn't stop for nothing. Mm -hmm. um, so I just want y'all to, you know, give my audience, you know, some, something to like, 
what it takes to become a sports anchor, sports reporter? It's, it's a lot. Um, I will tell you, I, I, I moved here from Florida. I lived in New York. Um, I went to school in Florida for this, and now I'm in, in Kentucky, um, Bowling Green, doing this job. And, and it's what I've ever thought I would be in Bowling Green now. But um, I, I, I will tell you, it's, it's a lot of work. It's whenever you wake up in the morning, the first thing that goes to your mind, what do I need a new day? Go on social media. You know, social media makes this job. Uh, you know, even more of a 24 hour job because you got to stay in touch and stay in the loop and be up to date on everything. And you have competition that you have to deal with when it comes down to, you know, other stations, uh, the, the newspapers, stuff like that. So um, it's always just trying to stay creative, be in the loop, just know everything that's happening because it's very hard to stay on track with everything that's happening. Uh, and we go out and we film a lot of stuff. Right now, it, it was high school football time. I love filming high school football. Um, but what I will say is freezing out there. Same thing with when, with that WKU Rice game a couple of weeks ago. It was uh, in the 20s. It was snowing and definitely was not a fan to be out there. Uh, but it takes a lot of work, not a lot of pay. Uh, but I love what I do and I love the person I work with. And Patrick makes my day 10 times easier. It's much easier to uh, work with somebody they really enjoy working with. Yeah, I think Jaden hit it on the head a second ago when he said that it's, you know, not for the weak. And I'm not trying to sound cliche or, or cringe when I say that, but um, a lot of people don't understand what goes into being a sports reporter. Um, it's exhausting. It, it really is. You know, there's nights where Maxwell and I won't leave the station until one o'clock in the morning and then we have to be up at 7 a.m. Uh, to, to drive to Indiana the next day. Um, and it, it's days like those that make the job really tough. Um, but then on Friday nights when you get to go to the station and, and you know you get to have a football show and you get to talk sports for a living and get paid for that, that's what makes it worth it. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's you got to have a really good work ethic. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn when I say that because there's a lot of people that I know that will go into the industry thinking, hey, I get to get paid to, to cover sports and that's a super cool job. And then when they realize how much work does go into covering sports, uh, they're, they're not ready for that. And it's a smack in the face. So, you know, my advice is if you're interested in going into sports reporting is to to get behind the wheel and, and shadow somebody and, and see what it really is like the day in and day out of it because you don't understand that until you're really in that loop. You sure don't. Um, I admire the work that y'all do. Y'all are putting out really great content. Every Friday, y'all are doing Friday night, Friday night flights. Um, that's a really great show. I, I, I love it. I, I tune in almost every Friday at 10 p.m. Y'all should tune into it as well. WNKY News 40. Listen to that. Listen to them every every day every day at 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. Uh, they are they are really great at their job and uh, stay tuned for them. They're gonna once the I can't wait for them to see what their future uh, holds for them. Uh, can't wait. Appreciate, but, appreciate it, man. Um, but yeah, I had to put y'all on game. You know, with that, I try to bring in different types of people that are in different types of industries. You know, I brought in players. I brought in NFL player. I brought in an NBA player that played with Michael Jordan and worked with Michael Jordan. Um, I brought in, I'm bringing in some guys that are in the sport, uh, sports media industry. So I'm bringing, you know, guys that are doing different things that are in different walks of life. Cause I want y'all to be able to see different things for y'all to listen to and to put y'all on game with stuff. But I'll put them on Gate Sports Podcast. This is Jay Sanders, Patrick Carey, and Maxwell Train signing out.